certified Bitcoin accumulation country. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We're in season two, and this is episode 42. I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. I've got a very special guest. He's the CSO of Blockstream and the CEO of Pixelmatic, Mr. Samson Mao. I had a really great conversation with him, and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. All right, Bitcoin Accumulation Country, thank you for joining me. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Joining us today is a very special guest. He's the CSO of Blockstream, the CEO of Pixelmatic, and he's known as Excellion on Twitter. I hope I pronounced it right. Yep. It's none other than Samson Mao. Samson, thank you so much for joining me. I'm truly honored to have you on my podcast, man. This is Thanks for having me, Phil. This is so cool. Um, okay, so I, I mean, um, so for me, you've always been this kind of far off distant figure, you know, that uh, that is doing amazing things for Bitcoin. And although I've listened to hundreds of podcasts at this point, I don't believe I've ever heard your your rabbit hole story. I, I, I know like that you were that that you do something incredible in gaming and that you were into gaming before Bitcoin. But can can we get your rabbit hole story? Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but I feel I'm like you to have to tell it again. <laughs> so I first heard about Bitcoin. Uh, I read about it in TechCrunch and it was uh, an eye opener for me because there is this digital currency that kind of lives apart from any other company or entity. It just exists. And at the time I was working on games, uh, building online games with online economies. And it's really unique because you create a game with an economy and a currency, but it's still maintained by the game company or whoever's operating the game. So Bitcoin in that regard was very unique because it kind of lives by itself. It can incentivize people to maintain it and keep it alive. So I guess that's the rabbit hole. I started trying to mine Bitcoin. I tried on my laptop at first. I set up an account on Slush, I think uh, Coinbase as well. I followed some instructions, but I couldn't mine anything because it was already too late for laptop mining at that point. So once you uh, once you finished up with, uh, you know, like getting into uh, getting into Bitcoin, so you couldn't do any laptop mining. Like, so did you go out and just start buying it or um, like, did you start earning it in, in some other way? Well, I actually wanted to get more involved in it, but I was quite busy at the time. So I didn't, uh, unfortunately, I didn't allocate enough time to go into it. So I didn't really get any Bitcoin until late 2014, which is not bad, but you know I could have been in earlier. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's uh, that that that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, so so uh, I mean, like, let's say, I mean, after that, if we fast forward after you got in, how did you? Because like, I mean, you work, you know, you're the CSO of Blockstream, and you know, you're working with Adam back, and you guys are to be perfectly honest, in my eyes, doing some, you know, just absolutely revolutionary stuff, you know, with the satellite and with liquid. So how did that all how did that all get started? So when I got into Bitcoin, I guess my first company was BTC China. So I joined uh, BTC China originally as an advisor for a few months, and then I took on the role as COO. So in case you don't know, BTC China or BTCC, which we rebranded to was one of the biggest crypto exchanges and mining pools uh, back in the day. So, you know, after Mount Gox imploded, everything went to BTC China and it just bloomed to become number one. So I did that for about two years or so. And um, 
during my time at BTCC, I learned about Blockstream because they were trying to launch Liquid. So Liquid is a, a sidechain for inter-exchange settlement. So it's essentially linking together crypto exchanges so that you can move funds quickly between them. So we were one of the first ones to sign up for Liquid. I think uh, I was either the first or second exchange to sign up for Liquid. And I thought it was a really interesting project with a lot of uh, high potential. But it took uh, Blockstream some time to launch it. So <laughs> I decided to join Blockstream after chatting with Adam back and basically take over Liquid and launch the thing. Oh my gosh, that's, that is really, really cool. So, um, what, uh, it, are, are you allowed to, uh, to tell any, uh, like any, any secrets as to what's, what's on the horizon for, uh, for Blockstream? Uh, we generally try not to announce <laughs> things before we're ready to announce them. Fair so enough. <laughs> that, that was, uh, I think, uh, for Blockstream as a whole, that was a learning, learning from Liquid. So Liquid was announced. It took longer than planned to launch it. Um, it was more complex to launch also because there's a hardware component. And, you know, we had to basically become a hardware manufacturer to create the HSM and the functionary boxes. So we kind of learned that lesson not to talk about stuff before it's really ready to go out. And you kind of saw that with Blockstream Satellite. We <laughs> announced it the day before we launched it. And people, right after we announced it, people were like, whoa, this is cool. It may be coming out in a year or something like that. But then we just pushed it out the next day and people were just awestruck. It, it was absolutely incredible. I, I, I thought it was like, it was just such a, such a cool thing, you know? And it, of course, separated us, you know, from the uh, from the internet now, you know, like obviously we we have uh, you know smaller applications that we can do with mesh networks, as you know, with Gotenna, but mm -hmm. but like you know the Blockstream satellite just adds a whole intense global layer to this. Yeah, so we do have a lot of stuff coming out. Um, we've announced Liquid Securities. That's the next big thing coming up because I think security tokens will be. Um, pretty popular in the coming years and we wanted to get into that space early on um aside from that i don't think we can announce too many new <laughs> things but uh the general trend will be building more things on top of liquid so like liquid itself is a network and it's operational for about a year now and it's basically time for us to start building products and services on top of liquid so um can you just for the uh, for for the listeners and myself, um, can can you just explain uh, how Liquid works? Uh, just I, I mean, generally as as generally as you can, like in 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 relation to BTC. Because even myself, like I I think I get it, but I right. don't know. <laughs> sure. So so Liquid is a sidechain. Uh, Blockstream was founded on the sidechains white paper that we wrote back in 2014 or so. And Liquid is the implementation of a sidechain. So it's the first commercial sidechain uh, that's been launched. So a sidechain is basically a blockchain without its own native currency. What you do to, uh, to move funds into the sidechain is you lock them up on the main chain, which in Liquid's case is Bitcoin. So you lock up Bitcoin on the main chain and then you unlock it in Liquid. So Liquid, uh, Liquid Core or the Liquid Daemon is basically watching the Bitcoin main chain as well as its own chain. And it can see when you've locked up funds on the main chain and sent it to the Federation address. And then it unlocks it in Liquid and sends it to your address. 
and then you can move it within Liquid. Uh, you have the benefit of confidential transactions and one minute block times and two minutes for full settlement. That's is that yeah. basic enough? Yeah, no, no, that's super interesting. No, I totally, I mean, okay, so look, maybe I'm going to dumb it down for myself, but to me, like, I see that similar to Lightning with the HTLCs. Like, we're, you know, yeah. you, you were right where you, like, essentially, you know, you put it into a channel. Like, that's the, I, I'm, to me, like, because I, that's the way I understand Lightning. So that mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, there are definite similarities between uh, Lightning and Liquid. Basically, you lock up funds in both. In Liquid, you lock them up by sending to a federation wallet. In Lightning, you lock it up in a transaction and open a channel. But uh, the benefit of Liquid is that it's more geared towards large settlements and exchange usage, uh, traders using it, because you can have hot and cold storage. So just like you can have hot and cold for uh, Bitcoin on an exchange, you can have hot and cold for Liquid. Whereas with Lightning, you have to deal with capacity and it's always hot. Yeah, that's right. That is absolutely right. That's very interesting. So, okay, so um, I, I guess like so through Pixelmatic, you're, are, are you developing any, I, I'm guessing that are you developing any games that, uh, that are going to leverage the Liquid Network? Yes, <laughs> so good, good, very good question. <laughs> We're working on a game called Infinite Fleet. I think we started prototyping it a couple of years back. It's just an idea I had kicking around in my head. Um, and originally I wanted to make it a mobile game, but then we decided to increase the scope and go full AAA MMO. Um, but yeah, that's been in development for a while. So I, I've, I started Pixelmatic in 2011. And cool. It's been in operations for, I don't know, like eight years now. So it's been around for a while. We've been operating games and publishing games in Asia. And this is our first large scale uh, original IP game. That is very cool. I am super. Yeah. I'm super. I, I'm sorry because I. I'm totally like. I, I'm not a gamer, um, but I, I still think it's really cool. Like I'm one of those people who like thinks the gaming culture is very interesting and very cool. But I don't actually game because I just suck. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Like the last gaming I ever did was on uh, PlayStation Two. So and, and it was like it's like one of the Tony Hawks, you know, or something yeah. like that. So, but there yeah. there is like a. There's a very strong connection, I think, between like gaming and and crypto. Oh, like, agreed. Gamers are very early adopters. They're accepting of digital assets, uh, digital currencies, you know, virtual currencies, virtual items, and attributing value to them. So it's kind of like a natural fit. So, and I think that's what drew me to Bitcoin in the first place. Did you ever? So have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? Yep. Okay. So I know it's a you say you say of course right, but I've asked other Bitcoiners and some haven't. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> but so so let me ask you: Do you uh, do you see like a, you know, do you see a future like that kind of thing going on? That because like that's some pretty crazy stuff, in an awesome good way. Yeah. Well, it Ready Player One is a little bit dystopian, right? But <laughs> I think we will have these immersive augmented worlds, and we will have like digital money whether it's bitcoin or something else that's powering all of these games are you uh, are you interested in um like are, are you guys like i mean are you looking into that like these type of immersive worlds because i mean you're, you're already pretty close yeah you know? definitely so, so the game we're working on is called infinite fleet it's a i think we're calling it action strategy game right now but it's it's got rts roots um it's an expansion on the rts genre so you 
in RTS, I don't know if you know, real-time strategy games, you build a base and then you go out and fight. Yep. But because we're making it a persistent world in an MMO style, you build your base like over the galaxy. Uh, you can build platforms, colonize planets, and then you go and fight. This sounds really... But it kind of exists. Yeah, it, it just exists uh, with you and grows with you. So the that idea of this immersive world, I mean, we're moving in that direction. And because we're issuing a, a game currency in the game based on liquid it does have a, a cryptocurrency aspect to it or crypto token aspect to it very interesting very interesting cool um we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get back to uh, to lightning because i've got some questions from some bitcoin plebs but uh sorry not to lightning uh, to liquid we're gonna get back to that but um sure i, I just want to uh, ask you a bit about uh, magical crypto friends um yeah because i because i i obviously like i mean that that's so for me like when i first got into this space in like late 2016 um you know you uh you and uh you know fluffy pony you know and um uh, you know, like Charlie Lee, like you're like some of the first people that I that that I was exposed to in this space, right? So um, obviously, like I that I, I know magical crypto friends from the uh, let's say fr from the beginning, and I I just think it's such a great idea. I love what you guys did with the uh, with the branding and everything like that. I, I think it's super cool. But I, I have to ask you: Has anybody bothered you into calling it magical Bitcoin friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've heard that a few times. I just think... Because uh, they're mean, all Bitcoiners. So yeah, we're all Bitcoiners like... too. But the the issue is Charlie and Fluffy Pony both uh, work on their own cryptocurrencies. So, I know. <laughs> I mean, even though they are Bitcoiners, like this is where it gets weird, really weird, right? Like they are Bitcoiners too, but they also have their own projects that they're working on. So it's... If we called it magical Bitcoin friends, I think we'd get a lot of ire because it'd be like, hey, those guys are not Bitcoiners. <laughs> or like some people would say that, right? It, it's true. It's it's so difficult. It's I, I, I find like um, I find it very difficult to, you know, it's like you can't please everybody all of the time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. OK, Plus, I think MCF sounds better than MBF. Yep. I do. I do agree with you on that. The, the letters are better combinations. You can do cooler styles with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so, so let me ask you this because you guys did a conference. I think it was the first one you did last year, right? This year. This year. I apologize. I, everything moves so fast in Bitcoin. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so I'm so sorry. I made the same mistake. I, I sometimes <laughs> I say uh, at consensus last year because it feels so far away. It yeah. does. It, it it just time flies. So so okay. So that that was the first one. I mean, uh, how do you like? How do you guys feel about it? I mean, I heard really great things. I unfortunately was not there, um, but I, I heard really amazing things about it. Like, are you guys going to do another one? Do you have like some different plans in the works? I heard people loved like the antics that you guys had going on. Yeah, it just all came together really well, and I think a big factor was luck and just the people in the space, like the community trying to do stuff. Like the bowl that was brought by uh, Bitcoin sign guy and Crypto Graffiti, um, you know, Meltem brought her toilet. It's like a lot of stuff we didn't <laughs> necessarily plan. It just kind of worked out and people wanted to, you know, bring stuff and do, do cool stuff there. So it's a bit grassroots in a way. And I'm hoping we can replicate some of that uh, next year, but we are planning to do another one It'll also be in New York again. Um, there'll be some overlap with consensus and we plan to follow that one up next year with one in Singapore as well, because we've had people asking us to do something in Asia as well. 
Oh, wow. Really cool. I, I really hope I can make it to uh, to next year's in New York. I, I'm on the East Coast, so I shouldn't have any excuses. I should be able to make it, and I really hope yeah. I do. <laughs> well, the, the one this year, you know, it like some people thought it was a joke, <laughs> but <laughs> now that we've proven that it's real and it's legit, I think next year we can expect to see a lot more people coming out and making a trip out there just to hang out and you know listen and learn and do stuff. Well, I could tell you the reaction that I saw is, uh, at least in in the uh, the Twitter sphere, and I know like it's like our echo chamber, you know, of Bitcoin Twitter. But uh, I'll, you know, I, I saw some really really good positive feedback about it. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, uh, we can do it again. So, so let me ask you this: like, how do you um, what what do you feel about? And and this is like maybe not in your in in your forte, but like, how do you feel about? Um, um, like lightning pay terminals and stuff like that. Like, do you see a future in that? Do you, you know, like uh, right now I'm doing, a, I, I've, I've worked on um, BTC Socialists. Uh, he does these like little projects with these microcontrollers, you know, with like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of an M5 stack or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we, we go and load with the Arduino IDE, you know, we go load the code on that and then have like a, a little, um, you know, place where you can type in the amount of Satoshis and then it generates a QR code based off of your, your lightning node. Like, do you think there's a, what, what, what do you think about that? You know, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's like a scalable technology? Do you think it's like, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely think lightning is a scalable technology. Lightning is really good for payments, uh, retail payments, micro payments, and machine to machine payments. And I think being able to run uh, lightning, like, C Lightning is really good for lightweight usage, right? It's very, the footprint is very small. So being able to run that on lightweight hardware and older hardware is definitely very important so that anyone can access the network. Really cool. Um, I, um, yeah, because I just never really heard you talk about lightning that much, you know. So I always, really? say, I, yeah, I, not not like in a bad way, but just like you know, it's like it's one of those things where I. You know, you'll only sometimes you just see certain types of conversations out of people, and and, and so you kind of wonder, hey, what are their thoughts on that? You know, so I, I just always wanted to, you know, I just always wanted to know. So let me ask you this: even though you guys are doing the Blockstream satellite and you're doing Liquid, are mm-hmm. you guys planning on um, on doing anything uh, Lightning based, like that type of an application, like a point to sale system or something retail or anything well, like that? Do you find out? In- in- in general, we're focused on building Liquid and integrating Lightning with Liquid. So I think we put out a blog post a few months ago that says you can create a Lightning network on top of Liquid Bitcoin right now. And there's still some more work that we need to do, but we can definitely get Lightning working on a Liquid asset. So you could issue an asset in Liquid and create a Lightning network on top of that asset if there's enough liquidity and adoption of that asset which is pretty cool. And that's actually something we want to do for Pixelmatic with our game token. Like if we can get enough people using that crypto token, then we can have a lightning network and you can have real peer-to-peer transactions uh, for you know small amounts of the game currency. But in, in general, I'm like pretty bullish on lightning. It's uh, interesting you say I don't talk about lightning much because well, uh, I, I do actually talk a lot about lightning and I'm very bullish on its ability to get Bitcoin into retail payment streams. You you just blew my mind with lightning on top of liquid. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> like that's like wow. That that's pretty cool. It's like a third layer. That's uh that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, so with the um, 
Lightning, we actually, after Lightning works on Liquid, we kind of, we used to call Liquid Layer 2. And uh, after talking with Adam, we decided to call it Layer 1.5, 1.5, because you can have a Lightning network on Liquid Bitcoin and a Liquid asset. So it makes more sense to keep Lightning as Layer 2. And then Liquid is kind of like in-between layer. Nice. I like that. Okay. Now that, that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, also, the uh, we have a uh, uh, satellite API that lets you broadcast messages, and you pay for those messages with Lightning. So we, yes, we do do a lot of stuff with Lightning. We do. I, I'm sorry. I guess it's, it just has to do with what I end up seeing in, my, uh, in, in the Twitter feed. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean it in a bad way. I swear. No, no, it's okay. It's good to clear. <laughs> good to clarify too. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Okay, so um, okay, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna talk about liquid, but this is actually some questions from uh, some fellow Bitcoin plebes. Okay. All right. Um, the first one comes from uh, Rory Highside. Okay, he's asking about. Um, he wants to know how you balance the Blockstream gig with your game studio and trolling shitcoiners. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you do it? I find <laughs> I find I don't troll that much anymore. I've gotten a little bit busy over the last I don't know year or so. <laughs> so there I used to troll a lot like back in like 2015, 2016 and that kind of coincided with the scaling wars too. Uh but you know, we've we've built up like a I don't know, a group of people that are really good at trolling. So I don't really need to do it that much anymore. It's nice that there are other people to take up the mantle, right? That's true, but sometimes you know, sometimes people need to see you know, sometimes people need to see the master at work, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll do it sometimes. It just depends <laughs> on uh, what I what I see and if it's still timely and uh, <laughs> if it, if I can think of anything funny. But in in general, for balancing time, I, I would say the bulk of my time is still on Blockstream stuff. Um, Pixelmatic, I built up a really good team. And after um, we brought on some uh, really senior guys in the last couple months, uh, it's really running itself now. So we brought on uh, Jason Lee. He was the former lead designer of Age of Empires 4. So he's heading up uh, all the creative design stuff at uh, Pixelmatic and nice. Infinite Fleet. Uh, we've got another big hire who, who is... Uh, pretty well known in the art world and he's taken on a lot of the creative direction stuff so i'm offloading more and more stuff to these guys and uh in in general i don't really find pixelmatic to be very demanding on time and it's kind of a it's kind of a distraction in a way so you know some people will have their job their job and then they'll go home and they'll paint but you know i can go home and i can talk with these guys about the story about the universe about uh, you know, spaceship designs. And I, I really find it just to be, you know, an outlet for like a creative outlet where you can express yourself and create something. Whereas with Blockstream, a lot of it's just focusing on product, UI, design, uh, biz dev, um, and marketing. So it's a bit of a different world, I would say. Yeah, it really is. It, it sounds to me like it's, um, like, like it's kind of, uh, it's actually relaxing. Yeah, in a way. In, in, in a way. I mean, obviously, the, it has its stresses, of course, but uh, it, it sounds to me like it, uh, it's it, like like it's a it's a relaxation. But on that, actually, on that topic, right about uh, about relaxation, uh, is it um, what? Because, um, like, I mean, to me, you know, running all these different things, like, 
you know, what do you do? Are you, uh, are you like a, like a, you know, trail hiker? Do you like snowboarding, skateboarding, anything like that? Just long walks, reading books. <laughs> I don't, I don't really get to do of? anything. I don't really get to do anything, but I guess I like reading. Um, reading and watching anime. Cool. But I don't get that much time to do it these days. But <laughs> in general, it's okay to do run a lot of companies. So you could say Magical Crypto is a company as well. But you know, if you can assemble a good team and shit doesn't hit the fan at you know the same time, three different three different <laughs> companies at the same time, you're generally okay. I think uh, it was Elon Musk that said that. You know, like people ask him, "How do you do Tesla and uh, SpaceX?" And he said, "It's it's fine as long as like there's no disaster at the same time at both." It's true. Yeah, that, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, it comes down to building a good team and having people that you can delegate to and rely on. And I think that just comes with time, like being able to find people and uh, grow the team and make them very autonomous. Yeah, I agree. It's um, and I think I, I mean, you, you probably have some pretty self-driven individuals that, uh, you know, th that you work with and, you know, people that can manage themselves. To a certain extent, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's very important. Um, so let me ask you this about the uh, the token economics and the incentives, and uh, just how you envision that in, uh, I guess, in in Infinite Fleet, because you were discussing about that. Yeah, sure. So how how do you see the uh, um, like the? I mean, do you guys have? I'm guessing you guys have already started like a token economics and incentive structure, or, or at least the planning phases of that. Not really. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, let me explain a bit more about uh, Pixomatic and the tokens. So, we're pursuing what we're calling a dual token model. So, there is a security. <laughs> there's a security token, which is using Blockstream's liquid securities. So, that is how we're raising capital, and we've done our, our SAFT already. We raised about three million so far, um, and then there will be a separate token, which is a real utility token meant to replace the game currency. And that is all that is I would say it's kind of an experiment. And the way I'm going at it is from the game perspective. I'm not going at it from you know I'm making like most other crypto blockchain projects they're they're thinking it from the other way which is I want to make a blockchain and I want to make a token for this blockchain and I want to make it useful in some way. But I'm taking the other perspective which is as a game developer of an online game with an economy which will use a digital currency, what can we do? And the simplest answer is to replace it with a crypto token, thereby allowing the players to essentially plug into the greater cryptocurrency exchange ecosystem. So where previously, like if you're playing World of Warcraft, you'd earn WoW Gold, you need to sell it either on eBay or buy it from eBay or go to like a third party site like IG or something like that. Whereas now if you have a crypto token replacing a game currency in the game, you could take it and potentially go to any crypto exchange and exchange it for something else or exchange it for dollars or yen or oh, for wow. Bitcoin. That's that's definitely interesting. Yeah. So we're not thinking like how do we make this valuable? It's going to happen organically. So We'll launch the game. We'll generate these tokens from events in the game. That's how we're planning to prevent farming. So you'll earn tokens by essentially 
partaking in missions and doing stuff um, that benefits the game as a whole rather than like killing monsters and collecting gold from their corpses. So <laughs> the plan is just to to put it out there and see what happens. I, I would expect that there would be some value ascribed to this token. It's called INF, but we're not planning to like sell the token and we're not planning to make it valuable in any way. We want it to happen organically and kind of by the players. I, I really like that. I, I think that that's, uh, this is, it's definitely going to be interesting. Like that's, I mean, I, I think people are going to look back on this in, uh, you know, in like 15 years and it's, I, I think it's going to be part, definitely a big part of what changes the way even, you know, people interact. Like it, it all starts with, with this, you know, with these types of things. Yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting experiment. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how do we get game companies to add blockchain or something like that? And there's like some blockchain gaming coalition. I think Ubisoft is a member, but they're going at it from the wrong way. I think they're trying to stick a blockchain into their game somehow. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to work. I think the best way is to use something and provide a utility or like, sorry to use that word, but provide a utility to the users <laughs> themselves where they can benefit from it directly so they can move the game in and out, move the currency in and out of the game they can exchange it freely they can have multi-sig because it's on liquid we can do multi-sig they can create a multi-sig wallet for their guild and you know share access that way rather than and i don't know if you know but eve online they've had people infiltrate a guild to access the guild wallet and steal it and it like took a year for them to earn the trust but oh my God. <laughs> there are solutions already out there for crypto tokens and multi-sig that we could just give to our players because it's a liquid token. Hmm. That's definitely uh, that it's definitely going to pose some some challenges, you know, like it's it's going to have people I think it's going to have people um, like you said, it's an interesting experiment, but it's also going to have people raise questions, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's doubtful that any established game company would do this because it actually benefits them that there is less utility to the game currency because you know, if you buy it like say you're selling the game currency they're stuck with it right if you're left over with uh some spare change you can't really do anything with it it's just stuck there and you that's right you can't really you know it's not portable you can't move it anywhere and there's just very little usage and it's very heavily controlled by the game company. Whereas for INF, we're planning to just set a supply and emit it over time, and that's it. So it'll be just earned and used by the players. And we just don't have a heavy hand in how it's managed. No, that's fantastic. Like in their, in their case, they're trying to Frankenstein this thing, which, which, yeah. which totally doesn't work. And in your case, it's just an organic part of the game and it ends up growing with the game. Correct. Which which totally makes sense. So yeah, that's I, I like that. Um, I mean, you actually ended up answering um, this other uh, this, this other Bitcoin plebes question, uh, Martin Tam, because he was asking about the liquid tokens integration into uh, into Infinite Fleet. But uh, right. yeah, you, you've already uh, you've already answered that. So well, I can go a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, so please initially, do. Initially, we're planning to do it um, on an exchange model. So you earn the token in the game, but it's just in the database. 
and then you can withdraw it just like you withdraw crypto from an exchange because the token is to power the marketplace the auction house of the game so it's for player to player trade um but we cannot let them do player to player trade on chain because it still would be slow even with liquid's one minute block times and it still could potentially be expensive because hmm. you still have fees in liquid based on you know usage and how uh, how much people are willing to pay for fees so that is the original model but like i mentioned earlier we can have a lightning network on top of a token so when that is ready maybe that's ready before game launch then we can scrap the whole exchange model but then you can have pure peer-to-peer trading with this uh inf token over lightning oh wow okay that's i mean this is this is pretty deep stuff for i mean for for all of i mean for all of this technology i mean this is this is totally i mean gaming is you know so I, i'm 40 so my first experience of gaming was the like uh before the nintendo was the atari okay oh, so yeah. for me like gaming was totally separate from everything right like it was this separate box there was no interconnectivity there was no idea of you know uh a game token that would be generated out of out of the play or you know some type of organic system like this so it's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible to you know to to hear you talk about this type of integration but you know like into the real world system so th- this is yeah. this is totally next level stuff <laughs> that's the plan we got <laughs> to we, we have to use the product the research and development that blockstream has been doing and showcase it and show people what can be done with it and you're absolutely doing that. Um, okay, so we've got we've got three questions here from uh, from from Dieter Bob. Okay, these uh, these might be a little tougher. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. Um, so he's asking, why do you think shitcoining is okay if it's on the BTC chain? So I guess you have to first define what is shitcoining. Is a <laughs> is a cryptographic token a shitcoin? Like, is INF a shitcoin? I don't know. Uh, but in general, for me, I think a shitcoin is just a, a project that is pointless and does not really exist for any reason other than to enrich itself. And it's probably scammy as well with misleading advertising. That's definitely a good definition. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I so, know he's going to tell you, I know he's going to say that it's anything that's not Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's you, fine you, too. You know. I mean, that, I, I know that definition as well, but it's just uh, like you have the, I think Bruce Fenton, like Bruce Fenton can rub people the wrong way, but he has like good insights on financial things and the securities space. So like, I think, uh, what was recent? He, he made a tweet recently. Uh, it's like, if the securities world started settling on Bitcoin, that'd be really massive, right? Like, yes it's like a trillion dollar market like several trillion dollars and if everything was settling on bitcoin then bitcoin would become very valuable and how do you get that how do you get those securities to start settling with bitcoin well you have to transform those securities into something compatible with bitcoin which would be something on liquid liquid is essentially a network that makes every asset issued in inside that network compatible with bitcoin so that's why we're pushing for liquid securities. But I wouldn't call a security token in liquid a shitcoin. Um, if you have a real utility token in liquid, I don't think it's a shitcoin either if it's providing real utility. So going back to INF, 
there's no false promise being made. It's going to start from zero and it could go up and it could have a bit of value. We don't know. We don't promise that. So I don't think it is shitcoin either. It's just a crypto asset that is linked to Bitcoin. And it does add value to Bitcoin in a way because when you transact in liquid, you're still spending LBDC as the gas to move stuff around. And that is another usage for Bitcoin, right? And you're also locking you're also locking the Bitcoin away. So that to be perfectly honest, you that that means you're you're kind of um, well, first of all, you had to either buy it or mine it or mm-hmm. you know it was given to you, but no matter what, it's Bitcoin that's now being locked away. Right. Yeah, that's for Bitcoin in the liquid network. Well, yeah, yes. Bitcoin in the liquid network, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's my attempt. That's his, yeah, there you go. No, I, hey, look, man, it's, I, I think anything is fair, you know? I, I threw it out to them and I was like, hey, if, if you guys could ask Samson anything, let me know. And this is, this is what I got. So, um, <laughs> okay, so the next one is, uh, you know, why, why do you choose to profit from shitcoin projects on Meath? And and I, and I don't know that you do. So that that was. I think I think he's referring to uh, the INX thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we can't really talk about anything right now until okay. it's uh, approved. It's like the quiet period. Ah. So I'll leave it at that. But I, I'll just say I haven't profited from anything on meth. <laughs> um, okay. The uh, the last question is uh, why are you tolerant of shit coiners in general? Yeah, so who is a shit, <laughs> Who's a shit coiner? coiner. <laughs> is, it, is it Charlie or is it Fluffy Pony? I don't know. Oh, gosh. It, it, it all depends on your Twitter feed, right? Um, yeah. It's... Well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll try, I'll try to, to answer that question. It's a loaded question, but I'll try my best. So, <laughs> like, I used to run an exchange, and the exchange had Bitcoin, Litecoin, and CNY. Um, for, I think for anyone that runs an exchange you generally tolerate a lot of projects because you have to provide what your customers want right absolutely you can't you can draw a line like i'm sure some exchanges would not list bsv because it's a scam or even bch sure it's quite scammy too but in general if people want to trade a crypto currency then you list it and it's just business right and i've never actually i never have said you know bitcoin only I've from day one, I've generally been tolerant of things that are not outright scammy. I don't like go and bash on Namecoin or Dogecoin or anything like that. You know, I I bash on the scammy projects, but there's like a lot of stuff that I don't feel the need to bash. Like if it has merit, it'll survive. And if it doesn't, it'll die. But at least they're not scamming anyone. Like no one's saying Dogecoin is the next Bitcoin. So I don't feel a need to go on the offense against it. So I, I, I kind of see your, and I just want to say you're, you're a great sport for fielding those questions. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if, if somebody has, you know, if somebody's going to sit there and praise the merits of their project and they're not pretending that it's going to be something that it isn't, I, I don't have a problem with them talking about it. It, it really doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, what my problem is, is, is when people, you know, inject, you know, incorrect information and create false narratives and try yep. to tear down Bitcoin in order to sell you their shitcoin. Like exactly. that's like that's where it starts to get okay. You know, like now we have mm-hmm. a problem. Exactly. So if they're not really harming anybody, then let them 
do their project, right? It's it's kind of like, are you a libertarian or are you not a libertarian? Like Bitcoin is very much grounded in a lot of libertarian principles, right? It's opt-in, you know, it, it doesn't coerce anybody. And in that sense, like if you don't let anything else exist other than Bitcoin, then that's not very libertarian, right? It's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it's definitely not very laissez-faire. No, no, I definitely agree. Um, okay, well, let me uh, let me ask you this: What? Because uh, you said you read a lot. What uh, what books would you recommend? Just in general, it doesn't have to be Bitcoin related. Just you know, I mean, I I think that it, what what's that saying? If you read the same books as everybody else, you'll think the same thoughts. Right. You know. So let me see. Let me open up my reading list. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've been reading The Singularity is Near. I think uh, books about you know, human condition and human evolution and where we're going are very interesting. I like sci-fi stuff. I'm reading um, uh, the Ender's Game series. I think I'm like halfway through all the books. There's a lot of books. Um, and I like a lot of business books as well. So uh, The Big Reset, Flash Boys, um lords of finance yeah very cool that's my that's my reading list i like it no i like it i'm gonna i'm, I'm definitely gonna uh check out the uh, the singularity is near and I'll, I'll i'll check out the uh, the other two as well yeah uh, the, there's uh, also a new a new one i downloaded recently it's called life 3.0 i haven't gotten to read it yet but it sounds interesting Okay, so you said you're you're into sci-fi. Did uh, did you see the movie The Cloud Atlas? Yeah, I think so. Refresh my memory. What that's, is that okay? About? So that that's the uh, that that's the one where um, like uh, Tom Hanks is like an old man telling a story, and you just essentially what it is 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 that the movie takes place, I believe, in five different times. So it takes place in like the far far past, then the near past, then the present, then the near future, then the far future kind uh -huh. of thing and it, it, it's kind of all taking place at the same time and you essentially see how all the sequence of events come together to create that point in the future where he's telling this story yeah yeah i think i've seen it you know it's pretty good yeah it's like and, and people start like like people in the future are praying to this girl who in the past was like you know she's seen as an idol and and in the past she was like some type of a servant who decided not to be a servant anymore and broke free yeah. or something like it's really really amazing yeah it's you an know? old movie it's like 2012 yeah. Yeah. oh yeah well i'm 40 yeah. so you know for me it's like <laughs> 2012 was like yesterday <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> yeah yeah i remember it's a good movie i liked it <laughs> cool yeah no i just because uh, it's definitely not you know like the this it's not like the dystopian sci-fi future, but I, I find it very interesting because it takes place in all the five, you know, like all, all these five time frames. Yeah. So, um, okay, so look, I, I obviously don't want to, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And, and I really appreciate you, you know, hanging around and fielding my questions and everything. So what, uh, if you have any final thoughts to, uh, to leave with the listeners, what would that be? Hmm, that's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let me th think. Uh, well, your listeners are mostly Bitcoin 
maximalist, right? Yep, uh, all Bitcoin only. <laughs> I would just say, think about why it'd be useful for other coins to exist, like Monero. Why why is it useful to have Monero exist? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's it's food for thought. I appreciate it. So, um, okay, let me ask you this: what uh, what is the I guess what's the best way for people to uh, to get in touch with you if they uh, if they want to reach out? I think Twitter is the best. So you can DM if uh, I don't think I opened up DMs, but you can at me, and if I see it, I'll probably reply. Cool. Thank you very much. So look, I uh, again, I really appreciate your time uh, being on my show, and uh, I, I look forward to amazing things from uh, from Blockstream and Pixelmatic. Man, thank you All so right. much. Thank you, Phil. I hope everybody enjoyed my discussion with Samson Mao. Uh, I definitely, I, I mean, it was a huge eye-opener. I, I, there's so much stuff about Liquid that I really didn't know, and he just totally blew my mind. And uh, obviously, I'm going to do a little more research into that. Um, so, yeah, uh, look for his contact details in the show notes. Obviously, I'm also going to post, not that anybody doesn't have a link to the Blockstream website, but I'm obviously going to post a link to, uh, to Blockstream and Pixelmatic. And if you want to support the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, you can go to moetarags.com and go under the collections section and look for the Fun with Bitcoin podcast merch. And we got all kinds of good stuff there, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases. And if you use the code FUNWITHBITCOIN, all one word, you get a 15% discount. So thank you everybody for listening and catch you all next time.